0: You always follow,
2: the, the, follow money. the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. It's time to elevate your live betting game. Introducing PointsBets, new exclusive feature, live same-game parlay for NBA. NBA live same-game parlay can only be found on PointsBet. Instantly build the perfect live same-game parlay throughout the game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life. Download the PointsBet app today and use code VEASAN2K to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Gambling problem? Call 877 8 HopeNY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Terms and conditions apply. Void where prohibited. Must be 21 and over. Call it. Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. It is follow the money sitting in for Mitch and Paul for the next couple of days while they enjoy some vacation is Super Bowl champ Sean King. I am Tim Murray. We are the crew of the nightcap 10 to 1 a.m. Eastern here on VEASAN. And while the all-star game is in the past, we have a little lull here. It's a great time to catch up on what's going on in the NBA and your own Weitzman is a NBA writer for Fox sports. Also check out the book that he wrote tanking to the top, the Philadelphia 76ers and the most audacious process in the history of professional sports. Your own good morning. Appreciate you jumping on the big news coming out of all-star weekend. Chris Paul now sidelined six to eight weeks with this thumb injury with a fractured thumb. They are in first place are the Suns six and a half games clear of the golden state warriors How big of a, I guess that's terrible phrasing. It is a big loss no matter what. But are the Suns built for the next six to eight weeks to sustain things enough that they can hold on to the number one spot in the West?
3: Um, can I give an answer that you're not like it's a bad guest answer? I don't know. How about that? Um, it's, not, it's, it's Listen, so here, the Suns are great. They have continuity. Monty Williams is a great coach. They've proven this. Um, they have a lot of guys there. They've brought, they run brought it back. Six and a half games is a big cushion. Um, and it's not like the Warriors. The Warriors got off to that great start. They've been really good, but the Warriors have not been um, unbeatable in you know the past whatever two three months, so I think they should still be able to hold on to that number one spot. I would think, um, but it's gonna be interesting. I mean, more important for them, I guess, is just if he can be. If my understanding is correct, it's six to eight and then reevaluated. I believe mm-hmm. the official report, right? So you just it, have him healthy for the playoffs. If they're a one seed or a two seed, I don't think that makes a huge difference. Um, it's more about can Chris Paul be healthy for the playoffs, something which really hasn't been that was in these two last year and years past. If he's healthy for the playoffs, the Suns are probably the favorites to come out of the West. I mean, you guys know this, right? They, they made it's weird. And we don't talk about them a lot. And you know, I love when people in the media, like myself say, how come we don't talk about a team when like, I don't know, it's my job to talk about them, but um, they, they made the finals last year. They ran back the same squad and they've been even better this year. Right. So this is a great team. If Paul's healthy for the playoffs, they'll be fine.
4: Yaron, let's just assume that Phoenix does take a couple steps back and they don't play as strong, mm-hmm. minus Chris Paul, as they have with him. Talk to me about the West then. you, you Carl Anthony Towns just won the three-point competition because Jokic's having an MVP year. Jazz kind of been under the radar. Rudy Gobert's going to get healthy. Memphis is sitting there. The Clippers, even without George and Kawhi. Now, who, who's the team that maybe people aren't talking about who could make a run here post all star break?
3: Um, so to, I mean, did you mentioned we're talking about that. Memphis has just been so good all year, right? Like, and we all we we were surprised and they're young, but if you look at their profile, they're top ten, uh I don't know, the top eight maybe in offensive defense, top ten point differential. Um, uh, and they have an MVP candidate in John Morant. They're great. So, like, they'd be the team I'd look to surge. Um, Golden State's fantastic. Denver is interesting. It's for them, like you mentioned Jokic and there's some reporting that maybe Jamal Murray could be on the way back soonish. ish um, Michael Porter Jr. as well, but Jamal Murray would be a big addition. So, like, if Denver was healthy, they're a team that I think if they were fully healthy, I think a lot of people would be picking them to come out of the West, right, given how good they are and how good they looked last year after the um, Aaron Gordon deal. So that's what I would pay attention to in terms of Jamal Murray's health. Um, we can also make fun of Lakers just because it's fun, right? Just laugh at
2: them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the Eastern Conference, uh, Your Own is—I mean—it's such a jumbled uh, situation. So, you know, if you believe that there is a team that can sneak out, you could actually get some decent value in the in the futures market. Uh, but let's start with a team that I think you know well. You wrote a book about them—the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid is playing like an MVP. Uh, James Harden hasn't been inserted yet. What are your expectations now? After the Harden acquisition, they do, you know, have to trade away Seth Curry, so some shooting goes out the door. Uh, But in your opinion, who is the best team in the Eastern Conference, pound for pound, right now?
3: It's so hard. I mean, like you said, the East is so good and so fun. There are basically five teams at the top, and what can I mention? Six. Right? So you have Miami and Milwaukee, who we all just kind of forget. They're both stacked and really good. And I think you tell me you're picking either of them to come out of the East. Like I would say, okay, like I have no issue with that. Right. Um, like Yannis has been so good. We don't really talk about him. He's probably, I know it's become Embiid and Jokic as sort of the MVP duel again. To me, Yannis is right there. If not, ahead of those two worlds, or at least right there with both of them. Um, Boston has played basically the best basketball of anyone since January, right? And you have Brooklyn, which we have to see what happens with the mandate and Ben Simmons returns. But if everyone's on the court, I actually think they're better than they were before. And I didn't even, Chicago's been great. and I, I didn't even mention Philly, which is now two games out of first and adding James Harden and not even swap. It's not like they're replacing anyone. They're adding James Harden into a spot where they were getting zero production from before. Right. So that's a huge difference. Um, I think, listen, Philly is a contender to go back to the original part of the question. Philly is certainly a contender. I am interested to see how the Harden and pairing works. They're both great, but I do think there will be some kinks to work out. You know, on defense, Harden likes to switch on defense. That's what he's always done. Um, if you have Joel Embiid as your center, you can't be switching everything one through five. That's just not how you play. Um, The other question is like when Embiid has the ball in the post, what's Harding going to do? He's never been somebody who likes to just watch the someone dance in the post and the pick and roll. Embiid's more of a pop guy. He's not necessarily a Clint Capello-like roller to the rim. Um, That doesn't mean it's not going to work. And I expect those two, they're so good and so smart. That's the other part. Like they're both great, but they're really smart players. So I would expect it to work out and to thrive. But I think there could be some kinks early on.
4: You know, you're on so much volatility this year in the NBA. You look at the Eastern Conference last year in the playoffs, Hawks and Knicks looking like two teams on the come. And for whatever reason, they just have not gotten it done so far this season. So my question is, now that we're past the All-Star game, up to this point, what has been the most surprising thing for you in the first half of the NBA season?
3: Um, that's a good question. I'm going to say, I'm going to go back to two teams I mentioned I think already. One, um, Memphis being this good this fast has just been a shock. I thought they were good, but if you told me they would be a team that could, you know, we'd be fans, Grizzlies fans now will be disappointed if the team doesn't win a playoff series. I think that, that surprised me and I made fun of them and listen, I, none, it was easy to see that the Westbrook trade would lead to some issues, but I did not think the Lakers would be this. Right? I thought they would be good and maybe have some kinks, but like, that Russ would thrive when LeBron wasn't on the floor, and they'd have trouble figuring out how to get the three guys to play together. But they kind of balance it, and LeBron and ADs to overcome this. The idea that the Lakers would be fighting for a playoff spot, and and LeBron would already be hinting that yeah, probably leaving LA in a year. Um, like that. That all surprises me. That's gone south really, really fast.
2: Talking to uh, Yaron Weitzman from uh, Fox Sports. Great stuff uh, there. How do you think this works in Brooklyn? Um, you know, we were we were discussing it earlier. I, I'm not betting them right now because they're still way overvalued in the betting market just based off preseason expectations. But what is your expectation? What is the you know the, the the speculation of when Simmons can be inserted? And then how do you think that plays out when he is, you know, in the lineup? Once again, with the mandates and all of that, with with Kyrie Irving, I think that gets figured itself out. And then when when Kevin Durant comes back, it's a lot of ifs, you know, in that question. But what is the ceiling of this Nets team when Simmons is a part of it?
3: Well, I was going to say, so, so you you know this better than me, obviously. Are they still they're still like the favorite in the East, right, or something like that? It's crazy. It's interesting. Yeah, they are. That's uh, yeah, surprising. I mean, listen. So the ceiling. Like, I think this group fits better. I think Simmons and, and Seth Curry, let's say everyone's on the court together, right? Which again, yes. But if you have Durant and Kyrie on the court, I think Simmons and Seth Curry make them better, is a better fit and make them a better team than if they swap those two out for Harden, right? So that's the feeling. The feeling is this fantastic group that can run and play defense. And that's the other thing with Simmons is, you know, if you were early in the year, even when the Nets were playing well, they didn't have anybody who could really guard opposing wings. Like, if they were playing Miami, and against Jimmy Butler or the Bulls and DeMar DeRozan, the those matchups that that job fell onto Durant. He was the only guy who could do that. So he's doing that and playing 38 minutes and carrying the offense. Now having a guy like Simmons, that's going to be a huge difference. But the if, like if you told me between Mandy, between Simmons needing to return, between Durant's injury. um, like I think, what the number on Kyrie is, if no mandate rules change in New York or in Toronto or anywhere else, like I think he could play only I think eight of the next final twenty five games or something like that. So if you're like, what's the over under for the amount of games before the playoffs that Durant, Simmons, and Kyrie are on the court together? And you I don't know, you set it at five and take the under. I don't know, right? That's the that's the crazy part to me. Um, so if they're all on the court together, it'd be fantastic. I just don't know if they'll have time to gel beforehand. Never mind the fact that like they might be in the plane. You know, so yeah. they're playing, and they might not only might they be in the playing, but let's say they're in the playing, and they face the Toronto Raptors, right? Who in and Kyrie Irving can't play in Toronto, or if they're home, and Kyrie Irving can't play. So just there's so many ifs there that it's just, it's just hard to it's hard to it's hard to peg.
2: You could follow him on Twitter at Yaron Weitzman. Uh, He is a writer for Fox Sports. Also, check out the book, Tanking to the Top, The Philadelphia 76ers and the Most Audacious Process in the History of Professional Sports. Hey, Yaron, appreciate you getting up with us. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys.
3: Maybe I'll see you guys this weekend, huh?
2: There you go. He's coming out to Vegas. Yeah, man. Asking some recommendations, a little bachelor party situation. That's your area of expertise. I haven't been on a bachelor party in like eight years. Tour guide is what I was talking about. Oh, tour guide. Yep. I am. I have been here all of 18 months. George Carl coming up, bottom of the hour. Won't want to miss that. It is Follow the Money on VC.
3: If
0: you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals.
3: Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network.
2: Hit the court for your cut of the cash with the FX Snowfall Kingpin Challenge. Play free in two fantasy hoop contests and battle for a share of 15,000 bucks in total cash prizes while the fight for LA rages on during season five of FX Snowfall head to draftkings.com/snowfall now to get in on the action. Snowfall returns February 23rd on FX, stream on Hulu. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See draftkings.com for
4: details. By the way, great show. I don't know if you've seen Snowfall. I have not. Good it's show. It's tremendous. Yes. I caught up on uh Ozark too, just watched the whole fourth season. Nice. Must watch. The birds are like my like YOLO family like. Yeah. My son's fourteen. Is laundering money, like, and it's really good at it. But he pales in comparison to his dad. Mm. And they're dealing with like the Mexican cartel, like it's a whole lot of stuff. And the FBI is kind of overseeing the relationship. It's pretty good. I got like halfway through the first season. I haven't, uh, I haven't finished. Worth watching. I finished up Reacher too. Reacher's good too.
2: You have this time. I have to watch Colgate versus American tonight at uh, yeah. four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> We got. By the way, for those who don't know, Sean is a massive hockey better. That's right, and we're gonna get in hockey pocket later. You love hockey, yeah? You know? love have you gone to a Knights game yet? I have not. I need to. get, I haven't been when to do that. So
4: it's like football's been going on on the weekend sure. up until just now, mm-hmm. and then their weekday games in their home always during our show. Right. Yeah,
2: and yeah, we might even take like a, a, you know, a family trip one time just.
4: Yeah, for the, for the follow-the-money crowd, too, my, my alter ego is Puckstradamus. <laughs> and I do have some plays for you I today. always
2: I always give him crap because he always comes into our show, which is 7 to 10 Pacific, 10 to 1 a.m. Eastern, and he's like, I got this play, I got this play. I'm like, whoa, our, our people don't know. So now you're going to be giving out plays for tonight, yep. uh, later on in the show. I am. Uh, I uh, It's a light college basketball slate. Uh, as Sean would say, I like pain, so... I will be uh, taking a gander at the college basketball slate. Um, I'm looking at it right now, seeing if there's any a little bit of movement on Louisville and UNC. There's just some weird matchups, really not great teams. So not uh, not a slate that I love, but I still got I got something. Yeah, I'm sure. That I saw a couple games that'll that go
4: tragically wrong. I probably could roll with, but I wasn't in love with anything either.
2: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to those later on So By the way, George Carl. Going to join the show bottom of the hour. So that's going to be great. Uh, let's revisit the uh, the biggest story uh, from the weekend. And it wasn't that Carl Anthony Towns at 12 to 1 won the three-point contest, or that Cole Anthony wanted to wear Timberlands uh, to, you know, if you're going to, you know, do this whole dance and then lace up your Timberlands, you got to make your first dunk. Like, if you're going to do the whole pomp and circumstance, got to make the first dunk. All right, enough of that. Juwan Howard and Greg Gard got into it post-game, and it ultimately led to Juwan Howard, as we talked to Jeff Goodman, mushing, no, not the gambling time, mushing with a hand to the face of Joe Krabenhoft, the assistant for Wisconsin. You know, one thing that we kind of discussed earlier on the show, you know, who's at fault, What? but my question to you, Sean, is for Michigan. Michigan is very much on the bubble. Mm-hmm. They've had a disappointing season. They've had a couple nice wins recently, but they, you know, they lose and things got got away from them yesterday. How do you think this Michigan team responds to their coach, likely being suspended, as Jeff Goodman said, probably the remainder of the regular season? You know, Michigan, they can't really. Really mess around anymore, Sean? They have to. I wouldn't say win out. Their next four games are all at home. So is this a situation, Sean, where this is a rallying cry where the team kind of pulls together? Because we've seen at at the peak of their powers, you know, they have the the capabilities of you know beating quality teams. I mean, they went on the road to Assembly Hall. They smashed Indiana. Um, you know, they they at home. Absolutely hammered Purdue. So we've seen that this team can be really good, but they're just inconsistent. So they return to action on Wednesday night against Rutgers, probably without their head coach. How does this team respond to that?
4: I don't think they fall apart, Tim, but I just think this Michigan team was kind of overrated slightly coming into the season. Uh, Hunter Dickinson has been solid, you know, Very if good. not spectacular. But, mm-hmm. you know, Caleb Houston was supposed to be like a one and done. And, you know, he's not even averaging 10 points a game scoring. So I just think from a talent standpoint, they're missing some some pieces. And I think they'll rally around their head coach. But I still don't know when you look at their schedule and the remaining games, if the talent level is going to allow them to reach – the level of success that we anticipated coming into the season for for this Michigan program. So, yes and no. I do think they stay together, don't fall apart. But I, I just I have a hard time trusting Michigan. You know, with this schedule. I mean, what, what do we have? Rutgers, who can beat anybody. Illinois Rutgers at home though. I know they already
2: lost. So there is that little revenge Illinois, factor. They Illinois. Have, they...
4: You got Michigan State who. Look, they, they got four Iowa, Ohio State. You know they have four legitimate teams left. All five of the teams that they play to close out
2: the year: Rutgers, Illinois, Michigan State, Iowa. Borderline after their win yesterday, that was a huge win, their first quad one win. So that helps them. I don't know if that gets them in just yet, uh, but you know, for Michigan right now, when you look at their resume, their body of work, they've, they're six and ten against the first two quadrants. They get you know, hammered yesterday by Wisconsin on the road, but for the Wolverines, and this is what works out so well for power five teams, as opposed to, you know, a team that I'll mention later on the show, like a Loyola of Chicago in the Missouri Valley. They lose to Drake this weekend. That's a terrible loss. They don't have any big games left that could really help enhance them. All five of these games are, I don't think Rutgers is top 30 in the net and that's at home, but still you're getting an opportunity to, to really enhance your resume, it's can you do it? And, you know, it, it's out there.
4: To answer your question, let me say this. If they go three and one, I think they overachieved. If they go two and two, it's about what I expect. If they go one and three, that means they were really impacted in a negative way by Coach Howard being suspended for the remainder of the regular season.
2: Well, and the question, too, is I, I don't, you know, looking at the video, there's gonna be other suspensions, there's gonna be players suspended. And I think that. To me, that's the biggest mistake by Jawan Howard. It's not that. I mean, obviously, you. Well, need, the other coach started it? So I agree, but yeah. you can't you can't be hitting people in the face. I know, but the and other, when you I, see, I just. But when I, you see,
4: I, I, I hate when, you, when these things happen, and the instigator, like by the way, doesn't just, doesn't catch all the responsibility. Well, the if, in, that, if that specific
2: Jawan Howard, no, 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 but if Jawan speci- Howard started this by pressing the walk ons, and then he. Can't get in I, his feelings just, when Greg Gard
4: calls timeout. As, as a former player and coach, like people used to have an issue with Greg Schiano, like submarining, you know, the victory formation. Like if that's what they're going to do, and you know it, okay, it is. Prepare for it. But but he like, did. I always felt but, like but, I but didn't here's get to the thing: tell Greg
2: Gard prepared for it by calling a timeout to reset the because they were going to get a 10-second violation. By the way, it was stupid. He shouldn't have done it, but he was pissed I that Jawan like, Howard was pressing just, his walk off. I
4: feel like. That goes on a lot over then, the course of a season. Then you can't so you, I don't think you sp- gotta take the L if you're Jawan Howard. Right. I just don't think you, you can can't. You go- can't get in
2: your feelings and say, I'll remember that. Well, you just got your ass kicked and you tried to press the walk-ons to, to prove a point, and Greg Gard didn't like it. He called timeout. Greg Gard also
4: should have just let him go. So I I agree that he he should have got out of the way. Like I'm not emotionally attached to this. I'm just saying Greg Gard stepping in front of Jawan Howard. To allegedly explain himself is what created the melee, because how was this going to walk by him? But no, he was. He was, he, but, he, he, but he had to say, I'm "I don't remember." But that. he still was just walking by. Take him. Take your L and go home. I, I mean, if if every time somebody says something to us, we decided to address it right then and there, then this would happen.
2: But he he got frustrated at something. That, well,
4: they're losing. Coaches get frustrated when their but teams he got, are losing. He
2: got frustrated
4: at the fact that. Well, he got frustrated. That Greg Gard kicked. called out. He was frustrated. He got their butt kicked. Well, yeah. If they were up fourteen, he wouldn't have cared about the timeout. He, he was frustrated because Michigan's losing. Then just take the L and go home.
2: If they don't press, Greg Gard doesn't call a timeout.
4: All I'm saying is, hey, if, if Greg doesn't decide, I, I to, agree. Then the melee doesn't happen. Also,
2: by the way, post game, there was zero
4: contrition. Zero by Jawan Howard. Greg, too. I mean, to the point where after they broke the melee up, the Wisconsin coach is still woofing on the other end of the court, staring down. They didn't even leave. Like, he's still there. Like, everybody's overlooking. Like, he's rolling this as well.
2: At the end of the day, though, you can't you can't try to hit a coach. But that's why Juans get suspended. And I, I just think, think the I think Wisconsin coach should as well. When you see your coach do that, you're going to start want to throw hands too, and yeah, that's what again. that's where the issue ultimately unfolds. He started it. All right, let's get uh, let's talk to a former NBA coach. We'll get back to the association. Bottom of the hour, George Carl will join us.
3: Money on
1: VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Uh. Want more NBA insight? Check out Hardwood Handicappers the Podcast. VCEN's senior NBA analyst Jonathan von Tobel looks at all the angles for the games to determine who is playing, what kind of situation. That team is in, and every other aspect of the matchup. There are a ton of great opportunities in betting the NBA on a nightly basis during the regular season. It is a massively fun league with the greatest athletes on the planet. We can make some money, too. Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. Guess what, folks? It's free and available now at vsun.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, hey, catch up on every vsun show as well. Tim Murray and Sean King sitting in for the guys, Mitch and Paul. They will be back next week. Uh, we will have uh, just a couple days. You and you and me getting up early. How'd you? How was it getting up? This you good? Oh, I love it.
4: Yeah, I'm I, a morning guy, so I love it. I uh,
2: I did mornings for a while. I, I like it too. Yeah, it's a great day, it's a great way to start the day. There isn't a bad slot on this network. That's true. Yep, ten to one a.m. Eastern is where you can check us out on a. Normal basis. We're off this week, but we'll be back next week. Keeping it, keeping it energy flowing yeah, all throughout the day. I'm baby, let my hair
4: down. You know, go. You don't have, have hair. Have a spa day. Yeah, you don't have any hair. Yeah, I do. I your face. I have hair. It just doesn't grow, but I have hair. Stunted. Yeah, it grows. It's Mike Tarico. That's what I call it. I have the Mike Tarico. <laughs> I just choose not to. It looks good on him. I don't think it'll look good on me. <laughs> the Mike do you think he'd like that? You think he'd like uh, you saying that you have the Mike Tarico? I mean, he rocks it, so obviously he's comfortable with it. That's his thing. Yeah, Teach uh, his own. My dad had the Mike Tarico. That's what he used to rock. Yeah, yeah, but I, that looked good on him. I don't think it's you know, it's not my thing. Um, we will uh, we you will get show like some solidarity and go bald. I shaved my head for many until years. like baseball starts, like just to match. I you mean, like straight up like razor to the dome yeah, like mine and we'd just be like twins well, look
2: weird because you know i can grow hair so quickly thereafter i would have hair i used to shave my head for for quite some time
4: So go back to that
2: i liked uh i like the saving aspect of it hey man when you're in college want to save some money no better way go go to go to bed bath beyond get yourself a razor and uh let it uh, let it all go um so hopefully we're gonna catch up with George Carl at some point here on the program. All-star game last night goes to uh Team LeBron. He hits the game winner in Cleveland. Steph Curry, nice little chunk of change. If you backed Curry to win MVP, nine to one, one sixty-three to one sixty the final total three twenty-five and a half. That's where it closed. So it goes under. But the opener was three nineteen and a half. So you actually uh could have hit the over if you got on it quickly enough. So do you, uh, where do you stand on all star games? And,
4: I mean, I, I just, it doesn't bug me. Yeah, I don't You get know, upset. What, don't you get know upset what you're getting it. into. People, it, I've it's gotten like, to the point where I don't really watch, but I get it. Like, it's the fan experience that matters. Yeah. Yeah, the fans, the people that, you know, support the product, you know, they get a chance, if they decide to, you know, in one shot, to meet a lot of the, the stars in that particular league. So I'm all for it. Yeah, so, uh, It's fine. I mean, yeah, I'm not one of these guys like, they got to change the all yeah. I do think they need to do something with the dunk competition. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what... By just the way, because the entertainment value has like diminished completely.
2: Miles Garrett said he wants to be in it next year. He tweeted that out. Did you see him during the celebrity game? Mm-mm. He could throw down some hammer dunks.
4: To me, it's a difference between put, put in-game Miles Garrett dunking in there. and dunk competition. Oh, for dunking. sure. Yeah.
2: I mean, just making them is, is nice. but um, So... Uh, I. I don't know how much more uh, you know needs to be hit on when it comes to the Michigan Wisconsin situation. Um, you know for Wisconsin, all right, so we did the Michigan angle right mm-hmm. how does the team respond? Do they rally? I mean the, the interesting fact is so what want, Howard likely being suspended? Jeff Goodman thinks from you know the people he's talked to probably the remainder of the regular season so five games. Michigan has the opportunity in front of them to ultimately, you know, get into the NCAA tournament, which would be, you know, which would be huge. Um, does does this affect Wisconsin at all? I mean, I don't. Well, I think it depends. Like I know you, you said, think guard should well, be suspended. Yeah, I don't think ultimately he will be. He might, maybe one well, game. Well, even
4: if you take guard out of it, weren't there punches thrown by Wisconsin players as well towards the end of it? I felt like I saw a back and forth between a Michigan and Wisconsin player in the background. So I'm sure the, the, the Big Ten is going through all oh, yeah. of the footage. Don't forget, this happened in front of the Michigan bench. So the entire Wisconsin team staff had to run down to the other bench for this melee to be a thing.
2: But it wasn't. It's not a situation where it was in game. Right. So if post game, if they're about
4: to shake hands. Right.
2: If this happened in game, anyone off the bench, you know, gets right. ejected and maybe is is up for suspension. So
4: I, I just I, really think they should suspend Jawan for the rest of the year, give guard a one game suspension, and keep it moving. Yeah, I, and let I think, that and let that be the example. Okay, listen, what guard did was wrong. What Jawan did was worse. You know, and let that be an example to the rest of the league. Listen, guys, if you guys have issues of something that happened in the game, the time to talk about it is after you've gone to the locker room, address your team, text a you know, or, or call. They all know each other. You know, they do the the conference days to begin the season every year. Like they know each other, they're always out recruiting the same players. So it's not like you know these guys are strangers. I, I think that's the lesson to be learned in this is. Right after the game, when emotions are high, good or bad, is not the time to get into any kind of discourse, in my opinion, about something you agreed with or didn't agree with. Like, okay, one team lost, one team won. Get to the locker room. You'll figure all the particulars out later when the emotion isn't as high. So just kind of rehashing the weekend of college hoops, uh,
2: we mentioned it earlier in the show. So Texas Tech went into Austin okay. as a dog. Uh, and there was backing in the market. I mean, they got up to I think they were catching three and a half, one point touch four. Um, I was on Texas. I was wrong. I, I was I was surprised. I mean, I was I wasn't expecting a ton. I'm just a big Chris Beard believer. And mm-hmm. look, he built what Texas Tech has here. That's not taken away from uh, what Mark Adams has got rolling there. But I look at this Texas Tech team and I mentioned it, you know, before, and they're six to one right now at DraftKings to make the final four. I don't think that they can win a national championship, but I look at this roster and I know it's all how it, it all plays out, but the way that this team plays, I mean, it's just, you know, someone like Adonis arms, he wasn't even a starter at Winthrop. And now he is a starter at Texas tech and he just makes, you know, big plays. They are, when you watch that game, the biggest thing that came away from me was they're just a tougher team. And remember they did this, without their third leading scorer, Kevin McClure. So they went in to Austin shorthanded as a three and a half point dog and won sixty one to fifty five. So at six to one, I think it's it's an intriguing play. I mean I've talked about it on the network, you know, when they were forty or forty five to one, I thought they were a good uh, ultimately play to to win the national championship. So I don't just I don't know what it is. I they don't have the elite talent like the you know well, Kentuckies and stuff like that. But two things. I mean, Jared Culver, when they made their run to the national championship game, they had a lottery pick on their roster in Culver. So it's it's a little bit different this year. They don't have that. But I mean, Kevin O'Banner is, you know, has done it before. I mean, he was at Oral Roberts last year when they made their run to the Sweet 16. So he was a big time scorer at Oral Roberts when they made the run to the Sweet 16. Now he's averaging 10 points a game. He makes big shots. They've got guys on this team that are capable and have been there before. It's a, it's a, it, it really feels like this team is just enough pain in the backside to get
4: some big wins. So here's what's interesting. This is Chris Beard's team, right? This yep. is the one that he built. In well, his likeness, for the most part. I know they have a couple trades first, yeah, O'Banner but came in Roberts. Yeah. was established during his tenure in Lubbock. So eventually, if everything works out like he wants it to, Texas will ultimately end up being a more talented version of the teams he had at Texas Tech. I agree. I like Texas Tech. I think they're a veteran team. I think they do a great job on the defense of him. The one thing that scares me about them being able to win six games and ultimately win a national championship they are 291st in three-point percentage, only making 31.5% on the year. And they're 225th in free-throw percentage, only shooting 70% from the free-throw line. So so that's what really makes me nervous. Once they get on a neutral court, unfamiliar surroundings, rims that they haven't played on, can they make knock down their open threes? And at the end of the game, because they're going to be in tight games because of their defense, will they make their free-throws? If their free throw percentage was higher, I'd be a lot more bullish on them. But they're going to be a tough out for anybody.
2: Yeah, it's it's funny. They're they're like the uh, the opposite of Purdue. Purdue is elite offensively, but you know they they look like the All Star game defensively at times. I mean, they are <laughs> triple digits in defensive efficiency. Texas Tech number two in defensive efficiency, but they've got some issues offensively at times. I mean, they've lost games on the road at Oklahoma, on the road at Kansas State, but. They're not going to be fun to play, that is for sure. What's in pocket to wrap things up next here on Follow the Money?
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
1: The guy has an algorithm to determine the winner of any given college basketball game. Someone gives you ten thousand to one on anything, you take it, take it, take it. I will bet you twenty bucks I can get you gambling before the
0: end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. Nope. Five to one. Nope. Ten to one.
3: You're up.
2: In Pocket is presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily sports, daily specials posted afternoon eastern at BetRivers.com. We're going to get to George Carl here in just a moment, but let's uh, quickly give you what's in a pocket tonight. Uh, Not a great college hoop slate, and uh, I had a Moneyline Parlay torpedoed by UTEP last week. So why not fade them again? Uh, I will take the Blue Raiders, who are, by the way, Middle Tennessee State number one team, ATS in college basketball this year, eighteen five and one. They are home. They're laying five here. Uh, I will uh, I will take them on the money line, and I will pair that with the Ramblers. Loyola Chicago coming off a loss. They're going on the road to Illinois State. Don't love playing road teams, but I think this is an important spot. Loyola Chicago coming off the loss to Drake. Thought about laying the eight. May still do it, but let's get rid of the eight. Let's put it on the money line. Essentially what we're getting is standard juice, minus 110. If you look around, you can find that. Loyola Chicago and Middle Tennessee State. Moneyline parlay tonight in college hoops.
4: I got you. Well, uh Puck Thomas is at it again. I like three hockey plays today all on the puck line. You guys can parlay these together. You can play them individually. You can play them on the money line. I am going big or otherwise I might as well go home. So I do like Avalanche puck line, Hurricanes puck line, and Flames puck line. I think it's three great spots for three teams that are much better. Uh, Winnipeg's probably the only one that makes me a little nervous, but Calgary has won nine games in a row. Last six of those games have been at home, so i like them to get it done. The Avs are playing Boston. This is the last game of the suspension for Brad Marchand. i like the Avs to get it covered. How about this? Since 2022, Avs are 19-1-2. They have been rolling, so... Uh, I lied. so that was a puck phenomenal plays today. Avalanche puck line, Hurricanes puck line, Flames puck line.
2: Going all three, so yeah, you're looking at plus
4: 1146 if you play them in a parlay. <laughs> you, you, and your parlay. I yeah, love yeah. it. I'll do a money line and a puck line today.
2: Well, yeah, if you did a money line yeah. parlay between these three, it would be. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely have a, a puck line parlay. Yeah, go big or go home. You're nuts. Yeah, crazy it looks like. Colorado, plus 145 on the puck line. Carolina, plus 180. And then, Calgary, plus, plus 110. Plus one, uh, yes, yeah. plus 110. Okay. I am I was looking at the wrong thing. Oh, there we go. I got it. I got it. Plus 145, plus 120, and plus 110 on the Flames. Let's go.
4: Pucked your get the week started off.
2: How did, by the way, for those who haven't seen Sean uh, on the nightcap all that often, how did you get into you love betting hockey. Every night, Sean's got something oh, yeah. in hockey. Like I love college basketball. I've always loved college basketball. How did you get into
0: hockey? Well, as much being as you from are?
4: Tampa and uh Lightning three dream. time Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, it kind of gets you into hockey. And the first time I went to a live game, I was completely hooked. You know, hockey live is unbelievable. Yeah. And so now that I'm on this platform, I've followed hockey. So I'm very knowledgeable about the game and the players and the teams and so I'm pretty good at it, a la how we created Pucks for Darkness. All right. I'm not going to tweet it out, so you guys have to listen. Whatever, if I tweet it out, it gets jinxed, but I will have Yeah, you a, and Twitter like to jinx things quite a bit. I can't believe you tweeted it out last week, yesterday. I really was about to get on the plane and I wanted you to know that I saw can we, your pick, and I wanted to encourage and congratulate we, you publicly. Can we
2: bring that can – we, can, we, can we get that tweet back up? Uh, I, I just – I need a ruling. I think I think this is – you know, a couple weeks you ago – You have to put the context on it. A couple weeks ago on the show, I forget what the bet was – but our producer on the nightcap, Aaron Oster, had a bet. Oh, that wow.
4: was Is that meltdown. And Wasn't it Iowa Shawn, State or somebody? Like yeah,
2: Sean oh did gosh. something and just completely mushed. Not intentionally. No one intentionally mushes someone. That's why it's called a mush. It's like, once again, it, it's as if I'm playing first base. I'm like, hey, Sean, got no hits. Got
4: no hits up there. Well, what I say, there's no way he makes this. Yeah, and he,
2: and he hit a half-court shot to get the backdoor cover. So over the weekend, Butler's playing Providence. The world is on Providence. Whoa, they're laying a short number. Providence, they're number eight in the country. I mean, Butler is smoking Providence. They're up 19 early in the second half. And my beloved co-host, good friend, so I thought, I'm just, just sitting there chilling on Saturday, just Watching this, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm thinking it's going to be an easy <laughs> net crack, net crack. Uh, and I put up before the game that I was rolling with Butler three and a half, and Sean actually tweeted this. Like, and anyone out there who is, I mean, if you're listening, or following you put our show. So
4: much work into the initial tweet. Since I like pain, then in parentheses you put ask me. Butler plus three and a half, it is okay. So, when I saw it, I said, Let me check the score. Butler was up 19 and they were getting three and a half. So, I was about to take off and flying back to Vegas. Just don't say anything. So, I was like, Looks like the right call, partner. And Put- then I gave you a compliment on the picture. Nice pick,
2: putting out the mojo.
4: I mean, yeah. what kind of what? I mean, what do you I mean? Amateur, did they cover? It'd be different if they did not. They went
2: to a overtime. Don't sit here and pretend like you were in the clear. There was no chance. I thought that. And by the way, for Butler to actually get the cover, we needed Providence's one of their best players, uh, Jared Bynum, to miss two free throws. And then the last play was just a disaster. So Providence, by the way, got another close win. I, I don't know what to do with Providence uh, when it comes to the NCAA tournament. I am a big, big believer in Ed Cooley. I love him as a as a coach. Uh, but man, you look at the metrics; they are forty sixth in Ken Palm. They're a top ten team. They're twenty two and three. They are forty sixth in Ken Palm. Um, they are going to be a fascinating case study when it comes to the NCAA tournament. I, I just, I don't
4: know what to do. All they do is win close games. Yeah, I'm fading the biggies Come tourney time, I'm just, just my opinion. That's fine. Yeah, I, I think the conference is is drastically. You, but the problem with you, Sean, is that you, from you like you think,
2: a, you think, literal, like outside of like. Three teams you think everyone sucks. That's not true. By the way, you know the team that you were trying to champion nonstop, Murray State, you know they barely won this weekend,
4: right? So I just bring credibility and attention to, like, John Morant's former college. That's cool. it. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. They're really good. I don't think they're going to do anything in the tournament. Somebody has to.
2: So here's the thing. This is how it works. So there's 68 teams, and then, you know, eight of them play, and so then there's 64 teams, and then the 64 go down to 32, and then 32 down to 16. So teams have to win. That, that's how it ultimately plays you out. You
4: know, you're smarter than you look. That I was know. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, how you put the numbers together with the, like. And 16 down to 8, 8 yeah. down to 4, 2 yeah. down to 1. Yeah, that, that's how it plays out. So, not everyone could just suck. Look at you making your parents proud.
2: they well in math. I like that. I mean, it's it's great that, you know, your beloved Dukies play in the Missouri Valley Conference this year. And they've lost to well, Miami, here's right Florida to we, State, to and Virginia. you
4: used to being at the top, people like to kick you when you're down. It's a it's a it's a down year for so the ACC basketball you've, conference. You've kicked. There's no doubt about that. You've so that's Sean, without rebuttal or argument. A couple weeks
2: ago, Sean made a horrible bet with me that Villanova would be an eight seed. We we whittled it down to a cigar bet. That's what we do. So Villanova's going to be a three or a two. They haven't lost since you started talking trash. They about
4: haven't. That. They and, have not. Actually,
2: uh, yeah, <laughs> and.
4: Uh, Listen, and I'm, I don't think they're going to win the title. Look, I've got. To I'm wrong probably about once a year, so I had to get that. <laughs> By <laughs> the to, way, I had to get that one one instance out of the way early. Can you look at our cigar
2: bets? Who's winning those? Who's losing those? In 2022, we haven't. I don't think we've had one come home yet. Yeah,
4: because you won't bet. I try to get you the it's best mo- Super Bowl. You would, and you wanted to take only the money line. You wouldn't do it's the mo- spread. We get and guess what? I that's I personally bet
2: the Rams on the money line, and it worked out. We both won. Congratulations. We did. You said Malik Willis wouldn't be a first-round pick. Not looking so good.
4: We got some others. We got we got some others. Breaking news too: University of Kentucky's offensive coordinator is leaving to go be the uh, OC for the defending Super Bowl champion Rams. Okay, congratulations.
2: There was some thought that
4: uh, Tommy Reese might be headed uh, to L.A. Yeah, I also heard uh, Cortez Hankton, who's at LSU with your buddy Brian Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
2: before all right, so before we get out of here, let's uh, let's re recap your uh, your puckstradamus. The puckstradamus
4: plays. I like uh, three plays today on the NHL slate, all on the puck line: Avs, puck line, Hurricanes puck line, and Flames puck line. Didn't love anything in the college basketball slate. Light slate. So I'm just gonna watch.
2: Light slate tomorrow. George Carl uh, will join us tomorrow. So uh, look forward to chatting uh, with the former head coach there. Uh, I'm rolling with a Middle Tennessee State, Loyola, Chicago money line parlay. Also like Colgate a little bit, laying 17. A ton of points, though, so didn't uh, officially endorse it here. All right, that's going to do it. We're back tomorrow on Follow the Money. Gil is up next right here on Visa.